Welcome to Grassroot Diplomat Talks, the podcast series produced by Grassroot Diplomat, where diplomacy starts with you. I'm Tarleen Rahman Figueroa, CEO of Grassroot Diplomat, and I'll be joining you with our Director of Public Relations, Jeanette Beans. Today, we will both be discussing Brexit. Why do we want to discuss Brexit, Jeanette? Oh, you and me both. (laughs) I feel like it's going to come across in my tone. I'm going to be like, ugh. Brexit. The reason why Jeanette and I are sighing when we talk about Brexit is because we've been knee deep on Brexit research and policy and all sorts of other stuff because we've been very busy writing a Brexit handbook for the management of civil society crisis for diplomats very specifically. And this started as soon as Brexit was triggered, right? Oh, who knows where to even begin with Brexit these days. There's just so much happening. There's so much confusion. And I think Through it all, everyone's kind of been craving, or at least I know I've been craving, true leadership, better leadership that is transparent and working for the people. But I don't know if we've necessarily seen that yet with all the Brexit confusion and changeovers. (laughs) As soon as the referendum results came out, Talon, you emailed and you were like, I have an idea. And now here we are. (laughs) No, no, no. You're not blaming this one on me. This is completely the board's idea. So the board of directors of Grassroot Diplomat decided, hey, we definitely should be providing some sort of crisis management for diplomats and embassies because this will be affecting their citizens and their nationals quite a lot. Specifically because we are are in the heart of the whole Brexit drama, specifically with me being based in London at the moment and Brexit happening in my doorstep. Mm -hmm. At the time, two years ago this felt like a very good idea but then the political scene of brexit is changing almost second by second to the point where now uh, many of the key brexit cabinet have resigned there have been quite a lot of british diplomats that have resigned over brexit because they believe they will not be able to negotiate something great for britain as a result of the divorce and there's complete upheaval with businesses as well on how they can keep their migrant workers to stay in Britain and work for them. We were talking before we even started recording this podcast about all the times you've had to go back into the handbook and make edits and updates because this political scene keeps changing, which is why really the purpose and point of our book is not so much looking at the political scene, but looking at leadership skill that can be taken away. Tips, tricks, tools, how you can manage a crisis as a diplomat through any political scenario. Absolutely. So in the wake of Brexit, Grassroot Diplomat chooses to focus on civil society rather than trade and businesses exclusively. And we are also not looking at legislations and policies because this is something that the British politicians are are still considering and still negotiating on their side. But in our experience, civil society stakeholders are largely forgotten by the diplomatic community when it comes to negotiations of freedom of movement and liberties. So throughout the Brexit handbook, Jeanette and I have constantly cited the interest of civil society rather than the interest of trade and investment. And our main concern and our main focus is the management of social tensions rather than commercial interest for the implementation of diplomats and the embassies. Yes, that's really a key element of the book is the social tensions that have erupted and become a bit more palpable how they even began forming in the first place, why this sets it off, what is the basis for all these tensions, and how do they come into play 
especially in a nation like the United Kingdom, which is so multi-ethnic and has citizens who have families and lives that stretch from, you know, London to across the EU to across the world. And I think a part that I also want to throw in before we get too in-depth is that one of the things we really looked at, or tried to avoid, I should say, is hypothetical scenarios. You know, we didn't want to try to make predictions we are looking at cases that have happened and why they have happened and what skills and abilities need to be within our leaders to manage and tackle some of these scenarios. Brexit isn't just a shift of politics and alliance, right? It's a symbolic change in identity. We're looking at identity, we're looking at xenophobic behaviour, we're looking at social and racial tensions within the UK and also outside of the UK because just because Brexit is happening between Britain and the EU, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not affecting the world. It's not affecting citizens who are outside of these two blocks. Yeah, not at all. This is something that is a global event and global affair from everything to how it affects the global economy to how it affects people's mindsets. Brexit was a huge shift. You know, no one has ever tried to leave the EU before. What does that say about people's current political and national and global identities, especially given how divisive the votes were. It really came down to the wire and people were on very much different sides of the fence. And that all comes into play, not just in the UK, but around the world as people kind of take their sides and decide, you know, oh, I think this is a good thing. Oh, this is a bad thing. You know, they have their opinions on it. Exactly. And the one thing I really like about the angle that we've taken, Jeanette, is the fact that we focus a lot on cultural humility among community leaders. And it's essential for global diplomats to really care about this, as well as the consequence of Brexit. Even if you don't necessarily operate in Europe at the moment, maybe sometime in your career, you will end up working in Europe and the effects of Brexit will be felt deeply. So it's very important to understand the impact that you will have on, on your work and the work within the wider community. I mean, diplomats from outside of Europe are more likely to engage with the EU and UK at some point, right? So even after the Brexit negotiations have settled, having knowledge on how to handle issues related to more softer concerns, particularly in the case of national identity and civil interests, will obviously morph over time. It will change the way you operate at a more local level. Exactly. And I mean, as we've said, you know, civil society was really our area of concern following Brexit. So we look through this book, we look at all the different types of people who have ties to the EU, who this decision might really truly affect their daily life, their livelihood, their job security, their stability. You know, we look at students and how exchange between the UK and the EU might affect global education and research. We look at retirees who have homes, you know, both in the UK and EU. We look at people who own small businesses, you know, because as much as this is a political shift, it's a political shift that will very much affect people and it will affect their lives. And that's scary. When this first happened, people were worried and concerned. And even now, there's still a lot of questions. So how do you as a leader deal with those questions, deal with those concerns and those worries? How do you help guide people through this process? Mm. 
And and we also look at managing issues such as family disruption. So there's a lot of cases where families are being pulled apart now because your visa might run out, but your wife's visa may still be intact. But then where are the children supposed to go? Lack of security in terms of jobs and passports, the effects of changes made to national law, to the movement of people, the rise of social tensions, xenophobia and racism. And I think the latter three is something that we're very personally concerned about, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of cases of othering different communities who belong in the EU. I remember having a chat with the Polish ambassador when Brexit erupted and his embassy was not equipped in dealing with this crisis other than making statements to the public on how they don't agree with how things have been managed and how their community has been treated. Right, that's all well and good just to say that, but what are you actually going to do about it? And they were completely unequipped. And I think a lot of the EU embassies are now waiting to see what the British government does with Brexit because until then they are on standby and are just trying to ride the wave so far and it's not very effective it's not effective leadership there's a lot that they can be doing and at the moment they're stuck they're stuck on the type of um, influence they could be making with the British government and everyone's head is in the game with Brexit what we would like to do is offer practical solutions on how to manage Brexit as it's happening and after the divorce settlement has been set to claim uh, in 2019. Exactly. We offer a lot of preventative measures that can be taken, a lot of steps to understanding what sort of issues might come up, everything from an inflow of people looking for visas. You know, are you prepped to deal with the logistics of that? You know, do you have the offices and the personnel and the systems in place? Do you have means of communicating with your people to deal with questions? Do you have FAQ pages? Do you have different messaging systems? Do you have office hours? Do you go out and meet them face to face? I mean, we really look into all the different ways that you can offer people support during this time. And I mean, especially in the context of social and racial tension, that was definitely a difficult chapter to write, you know, and pulling these examples of what has happened since Brexit in terms of different communities that have been targeted, such as the Polish community within the UK. And how do you help calm those fears? But even more so, how do you help counter stereotypes and build bridges and build relationships between different communities to help prevent this sort of racial profiling and social tension and violence at times. I think in a nutshell, what we're trying to say is a modern diplomat must be willing to expand past the limitations of the job to serving the direct interests of the people, including easing social tension and xenophobic and racially charged behaviour. And we also believe that diplomats must be willing to partake in public diplomacy activities that actually utilises a range of soft power tools that have a local, national and international impact. Another element of the work that we've done is actually look beyond just having a relationship with the EU. What about all of the other multilateral institutions that are out there? How do we ensure that positive and coherent and robust relationships continue with other diplomatic institutions like the African Union, for example, Mm -hmm. the Arab League? These institutions look upon the EU a lot of the times for the governance mechanism. So the fact that there's this crisis happening right now with an institution that works quite well in terms of trade, but also has a very solid set of governance in place. Now they're going through this crisis, how will this possibly impact how other organisations run as well? 
well, will they have to mitigate some of this risk? Because they now see that if one very large partner leaves the organization, will this have an impact on the way that they run, the way that they operate, the way that they come up with trade deals and negotiations as a block? Exactly. And that's something we look at within the handbook of what are some of these other multilateral institutions? We analyze their costs and benefits. We look at sort of issues that could erupt from within or external issues that might affect them. And just, again, put it in that place of diplomatic leadership of how do you build a relationship and negotiate and communicate with these different institutions from around the world, regardless of what may happen? How are you prepared for, you know, the could happens? And I think that's something we really look at. You know, we're not saying, oh, we should never work with multilateral institutions again. No, you know, we're saying, how do you approach multilateral institutions as a diplomat or ambassador for your country in a way that promotes your people's interests and protects their livelihood. Yes, we talk about a lot of things. It's, I mean, it's a two-year piece of work, right? It's just, There's a lot to cover. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of pages. Hundreds of hundreds of pages. Hundreds blood, of sources. <laughs> yeah, blood, sweat and tears. We've put a lot of thought into it, but there's a very specific angle that we take. So the Brexit Handbook provides evidence of why it is essential for diplomats and governments to lead on matters of their people and country in a more public-facing role inevitably providing a sense of calm and clarity that strategically places the people first. And this is obviously at the heart of what Grassroot Diplomat does, restoring leadership, fostering a better response, high level of communication that is currently absent in how governments operate within a multi-ethnic world. As a diplomatic consultancy, we as Grassroot Diplomat, we remain completely neutral among the sides of the Brexit argument. Our intent is to provide calm and leadership during this turbulent time. So we ensure that modern challenges are adequately dealt with by embassies and diplomatic missions so that they can once again become the key contact points on national concerns. And our goal is to make sure that diplomacy is relevant and inclusive for all people involved. So this very practical guide provides soft power options to take under consideration. And our guidance is provided for the consideration of the preservation and maintenance of historical relationship, as well as taking up new opportunities with the diplomatic community to be of duty to civil society from a very practical angle. We both believe and hope that this will be a significant piece of work that you can actually use and gain some insights. Exactly. We hope you like it. <laughs> we hope you find it useful. <laughs> yes. You have been listening to Grassroot Diplomat Talks. Join us again next month to discuss the practices of diplomacy and I hope you will consider joining our organisation. Add your comments to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash grassrootdiplomat as well as Twitter and Instagram. Our social media handle is at GRDiplomat. For further information, please visit www.grassrootdiplomat.org. I am Tarleen Rahman-Figueroa, and we will look forward to hearing from you soon.